Well, hello everybody and welcome to episode two of Tea with Louise. And in this series of interviews, chats, calls, I'm calling them Tea with Louise because I'm inviting fellow astrologers who um, I like and who interest me and whose work interests me to find out more about um, what they're interested in. And so today I have with me the lovely Saul Jonasson and um, we're going to talk a little bit about esoteric astrology. But first of all, so just kind of tell everybody kind of who you are, where you are. If they don't know you already, they probably do. But, uh, you know, a little bit about your background. Well, uh, I'm, uh, I'm Aquarius. Yes, and uh, uh, I'm from Norway, and uh, I started out with astrology pretty early. I was like, well, it's always been around. My father had these workshops with astrology when I was like two or three, so I probably absorbed a little bit already then. Uh, I remember him telling me I was always hanging around and just curiously like well, trying to figure out what they were talking about. And then when I was like 13, 14, I picked up, you know, that... Um, my charts and I started asking my father about all these symbols and glyphs and you know and he gave me my first lessons in astrology and it sort of lit a fire in me that I haven't been able to cool, to kind of cool down ever since <laughs> and you know for us who falls in love with astrology it's it's very uh, you know you can recognize that kind of passion that comes <laughs> well it is such a beautiful language it's just like oh yeah wow it's logic astrologic it's for me logic is so interesting it's like that makes so much sense and it, what it gave me was a life journey that uh, includes a dimension of understanding that is constantly making my jaw drop is like like oh everything because it includes so much psychology healing cosmology history which is like such an amazing study and just trying to understand what does it mean to be a human you know who are we anyway and what are we doing here <laughs> what <know>. is everything <laughs> what's everything i want to know <laughs> oh, i'm the same with it i call it my 42 for lovers of hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy <laughs> yeah. yeah don't panic don't panic it's just a pluto <laughs> transit you know <laughs> but <laughs> I've had it, transit over nearly all my planets. I can tell you, yeah. transits are not to be feared. <laughs> well, I currently have it on my Venus. It's so yeah. far so good. Hopefully, like everything is happening in my chart for the time being. And it's interesting yeah. uh, how you sometimes kind of. Um, I remember watching my transits. I think it was Christmas 2020, and I was looking a few heads, uh, years ahead, and I'm like, oh, uh, and I thought. Either I'll go crazy or I'll walk on water. You know, there's just two. <laughs> I haven't gone crazy yet. You know, there's still a bit of that Uranus square, my sun and Pluto on my Venus left, though. But I haven't even mastered walking on water, water either. So, damn. But it's been quite a ride. And that's the advantage of having a little bit of astrology in your back pocket. It's that it's like, okay, I can now explain the weirdness or the craziness or the strangeness of my life. It prepares you for any of these things as well. So you know, how, how to lean into it rather than uh, run away screaming. <laughs> plan explaining, I call it. Yeah. Uh, plan oh, well, I'm, I'm, 
astrosplaining. Oh, it's because of my Uranus square of the sun. It's not my fault. <laughs> By the way, everybody, we'll probably laugh a lot over this. Uh, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, we because will. the Earth really needs it today. You know, it's oh, uh, it's been it really does. Yeah, the energy. There's there. a bit of gloom and doom going on, and um, yeah, it's hard on the emotional uh, body in particular. It is. So I've, been talking, I've been talking to my friend in Ukraine this morning and, you know, it's a month today since the invasion. Mm. So she's feeling, she's trying to write about it, but it's feeling very, mm. so we're going to lighten things up a little bit and talk about the, mm -hmm. the lighter side of life because it, things will lighten up again after all this. So esoteric astrology, I became interested in it. Um, I run a Venus retrograde class every Venus retrograde <laughs> and, oh, I've, yeah. and I've, I've just run my fourth Venus retrograde class and mm. it came to me in a dream and every time I kind mm. of deepen my understanding and knowledge of Venus and I think it was in the second class that I kind of started exploring the esoteric um, rulerships of Venus and meaning and so that's really my only understanding of esoteric astrology. I've explored mm. it a little bit more but you know, I've got my Gemini moon and I'm studying, <laughs> I'm studying centaurs, I'm studying dwarf planets, I'm studying everything, I'm studying everything, <laughs> all, all the things. So <laughs> I thought I'd invite you on to talk about esoteric astrology a little bit more. So um, I understand it has rays and different rulerships, esoteric and mm. hierarchical rulers, right, and such like. So tell me about your kind of history and story with esoteric again one of those things that just came to me it was uh, I was walking around in Oslo the capital of Norway in my beginning as where I really started to get deep into my astro astrology studies and I was reading every book I could get hold of and I also started drawing out charts etc um, and then suddenly there was this um, uh, poster that Al Noken was coming to town and I knew you know the name because I'd seen his name in in the bookstores and he had already published quite a few books so I'm like oh well maybe I should go I had no idea it was a class in esoteric astrology and just a brief summer uh, just a brief overview of all of all the 12 signs so that's where I first dipped my toe into that. And it sort of felt extremely um, liberating that uh, there was a, a kind of concept about the soul. It was the soul that was at center, soul-centered soul astrology. And later down the line, you know, it's... Um, I also uh, ran into uh, evolutionary astrology, which is where I have my education, because it's, for me, evolutionary astrology and esoteric as astrology, they seem to be kind of bleeding into each other. And it's also really taking the, the concept of the soul seriously. It's like there's a, a huge focus on the nodal axis, for instance. Now, it's not so messy around the rulerships and, you know, it, don't, it doesn't bring in the rays and all this understanding, which we can talk a little bit about afterwards. So for me, I felt it was more 
an appropriate uh, study because I wanted to meet people where they were and not necessarily in their beautiful soul manifestation because I think that's where we we get to eventually you know so we need to meet people where they are and the thing with evolutionary astrology is that it's also including a theory about the different evolutionary levels, which is also something that comes through with the hierarchical ruler, the soul ruler, and the traditional ruler that esoteric astrology uh, is very good, um, um, has a lot of material on. In evolutionary astrology, it's simplified slightly, and it's uh, it, uh, we start with consensus orientation, and then individuated orientation, and then spiritual orientation. And the beauty of esoteric astrology is that it also includes the concept of initiation, which is something that I think we need to talk more about, you know, what is an initiation, what is going on on earth today, what is evolution anyway, and what is evolution of consciousness, which happens to be the title of the education that I took with Maurice Fernandez, evolution of consciousness, and I thought that was extremely uh, uh, it's sort of explanatory for how I see uh, myself like it resonated deeply with what I'm I saw in life that it doesn't seem that we are all operating on the same level of understanding it seems that some people are more complex in a way that's hard to explain through only using the 12 signs as a more flat format like a one-dimensional format like all areas are like this you know and it's, it's almost like a personality description really rather than going deep into what's going on inside yeah yeah and yeah. and really meditating on these evolutionary levels for years sort of opens up something in your mind so that you can really understand the evolutionary challenges and the triggers and you start yeah. to see it from a more creative perspective so it's been quite a ride and after that I also happened to you know I put put aside esoteric astrology because it's super complicated and the works of Alice Bailey is like dear lord that's a lot of material to read (laughs) and I'm more of a practical oriented person I wanted to do as many charts as possible so I was a little bit you know busy with that instead you know trying to figure out the art of chart interpretation so I kept to the, um, the the modern ruler and, you know, I just kept it a little bit easy. Like I, I don't mix tomato soup and miso soup. It doesn't work. So I keep my astrology simple. And uh, But later on, I had a client in Bagen, this old woman. When I came to Bagen and started my practice, she was this old woman, Stella, uh, from the United States. And, and um, eventually she got in such a bad shape that I had to come home to her in order to give her her treatments. she wanted some healing for her niece and and we really appreciated each other's company so we started hanging out Mm -hmm. and uh, it ended up with us meeting once a month discussing esoteric astrologies she was an avid fan of Alice Bailey and she gave me all the books and we discussed everything and I got my own little esoteric group there which was quite unique and special mm-hmm. and later on I got together with I was in a relationship for eight years with a man who knew a lot about esoteric astrology yeah. so it's always been like a thing moving so next to me of, you were kind of meant to have that come into your world I think really by meeting yeah people. yeah yeah. I never actively searched for it. I never asked for it. Just 
came to me. You know, what I actively and consciously looked for was astrology, for sure, absolutely. But this was a thing that just came to me, and um, I'm happy for that. It's really, it's um, it's something that I keep returning to. It's just those little snippets of things that is written, you know, especially Esoteric Healing is a very important book, I think. Have you read all of the books now? No. <laughs> I was going to say, no, she's written so much. <laughs> no, I, I'm not a big reader, actually. I, uh, I, I used to be, but Neptune uh, mm. seemed to have killed my reading skills. <laughs> well maybe you now think more than you read right I you, do, I you can do audiobooks I can do audiobooks you can do audiobooks well let it, when I'm walking and let it soak in but um yeah. well I, I I like to read normal literature right now and 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 get inspired by life in general uh, the uh, astrology the period where I studied astrology and read a lot of astrology books seems to be a little bit over of course I read stuff you know like uh, yeah. essays and, yeah. and I read and, but, yeah but I've, I've got all these books that I haven't read I dip into them sometimes you know yeah, yeah. me too yeah. actually yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely I, yeah but, but of course, you know, for anybody who wants to look at the levels of consciousness, um, Jeffrey Wolfgreen's Pluto is, is kind of, uh, that's kind of required reading really to, if you want to read about that. So he kind of was the, the person that delved deeply into that, wasn't he? So, uh, and that's. Well, there were more there back in the 70s, 60s, 70s, when, when evolutionary astrology first started out, at least Stephen Forrest was there and then uh, Jeffrey Wolf Green as well, you know, and then you have uh, archetypal astrology also coming in and also yes. breathing life into some of the same stuff. But I also would recommend, uh, especially, you know, for understanding the evolutionary levels, you have Maurice Fernandez is really good with explaining and has a lot of material on it if people want to study it. Yeah. And there are numerous other brilliant astrologers in that particular area, yeah. like Patricia Walsh or uh, Mark Jones. And, you know, they're all very, very good. So, but it's still something, I think, a concept and understanding we are all part of creating. And that's the fun thing with astrology. It's our contribution. It matters in a way. So that's what I'm, yeah. So, so you will, you've said it twice to me once when I was on your podcast and on this one that you like to keep your astrology clean so how has mm. how has esoteric astrology informed your practice uh, I used to meditate with the arcane school for uh, a number of years and it's uh it's you know esoteric means inner right it means inner so it's it's uh it's a very interesting study it's full of blind that's what they call it esoteric blinds so you start to have you have to think it's like what did they mean by that? And what's that for? You know, it's really a very reflective meditation to go through a lot of the material. And normally I just pick up a book. It could be like randomly on any given day and just have an experiment and just open it yeah. and then read the first page I see and then think about that for like two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> that can happen. Yeah, yeah. And it sort, of, um, it sort of starts growing in your mind in a way. So... And also through the arcane school, we had uh, thought seeds like meditation seeds, reflective meditation seeds for every full moon and also 
more hidden uh, for every new moon. And there is a very uh, deep understanding about the moon faces. I mean, um, it might be something that is bleeding over from the Tibetan uh, style of living, where you kind of use the moon faces for meditation practical uh, praxis. Um, and through that, you know, um, uh, for instance, uh, Sagittarius, I see, a, I see a goal, I think it's like this, I see a goal, I reach the goal, and then I see another goal. Yes. Right? As a Sagittarius stallion, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you recognized that. <laughs> you know, so, so for me, it's, it's constantly something I just try to think about, you know, like I'm like, I think a lot about the, the soul rulers that they propose. Um, and I've had a long period of time where I thought about the rays, you know, I'm trying, one of the things you try in esoteric um, uh, meditation practice is you try to find your rays. They have this, um, they have this method of seeing uh, uh, a human being as a soul. A soul is also connected to a spirit. So it's through there, we connect to a larger whole. It's yeah. through our soul and via the spirit and then to the solar logos you know so there's like this um, grid of light that we connect to as we serve in this particular order and then underneath the soul there's this persona the persona is responsible for synthesizing the lower bodies this is the initiatory process you have the physical body which is uh, well you have the normal hatha yoga to uh, discipline that one and then you have the emotional body, which you have psychological therapy or any kind of um, breathing techniques and stuff like that in order to re release the tension in the, um, the tension and the trauma in the emotional body. Mm -hmm. And then you have the mental body, which requires a bit of mindfulness and, and focus and concentration training in order to kind of like discipline because the persona needs to be synthesized into a functional whole so that the soul can come through and start living out its purpose right so if one of the meditation practices or the reflection practices in in esoteric um, tradition is to try to figure out which rays which ray first there are seven yeah. first ray of will second ray of uh, wisdom love uh, third ray of active um i think it's called active intelligence fourth ray of harmony through conflict uh, fifth ray of concrete uh, intelligence uh, sixth ray of devotion also fanaticism yeah. <laughs> and seventh ray of uh, of uh, rituals order uh, synthesis seventh ray is uh, they say seventh ray is the ray coming in and sixth ray uh, is going out you know in terms of how they see evolutionary do they align them with the chakras or yeah, they have a, they have some uh, versions of that too, absolutely. Yeah. But um, it shifts according to what type of uh, initiation you've gone through. Okay. So yeah. yeah, so the first, second, and the third initiation is the organization of the lower bodies. And in this in this meditation practice, you're trying to figure out what is your persona, what rays do you carry, right. and in that I've you know you recognize like. I have a lot of first ray will, like it's um, it's a very uh, strong energy. 
<laughs> could be a little intimidating to be quite sure i had a little trouble organizing that one <laughs> but, I, I, i've never been told i'm intimidating either <laughs> never <laughs> yeah it's a it's a it's a ray that's very often present in in leaders and and politicians and military people and it's a very like my my teacher in uh psychosynthesis once said this is how first ray fixed a television and he he pounded it <laughs> there's like no need to go into the details and that can be extremely frustrating for people who are more seventh ray who needs to do things in a more orderly controlled and structured fashion you know and here here it's like oh it's a it's a it's an elephant in a porcelain store right. for instance yeah. so and then i have a lot of fourth ray i discovered which is also a very artistic ray harmony through conflict it's a very um, interesting ray that a lot of artists bring in and it's uh it can be very chaotic but it's extremely feminine again you know it's very feminine and it matches is that why you're mm -hmm. doing a lot of art lately to get with your fourth ray i've always done a lot of art but it's yeah 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 but now it's coming more out i think yeah. you know it's it's more a necessity for me now to have a to i, I you know my heart i desire doing it it's a desire and then, um, you know, you have a first ray is uh, masculine, second ray is feminine, third ray is masculine, fourth ray is feminine, fifth ray is masculine, sixth ray is feminine, and seventh ray is, well, I don't know how to, it's a synthesis, that's what it, like, you know, so I don't know what that is, but going through that, you know, trying to figure out where your rays are and at what level they are is has been a, it's been a, quite a journey actually and we're still debating it we have like a little circle of people who are into this and it's like mm, i don't know but your sixth ray of planet uh, of devotion is you know like you're so convinced all the time that this is the right thing you know you know the, the fanatics you know that i'm so convinced you uh -huh. know it's a, the, oh yes this is what i believe in and it's so okay. devotional to something when it's first so it's so it's Tunnel vision kind of yeah. oh yeah yeah mm. so and and the rays they sort of describes a little bit the different kind of soul groups that are present on earth mm -hmm. and then we can see something very interesting in terms of how to create a synthesis a harmonious relationship between us the scientist needs to talk to the artist the artist needs to talk to the leaders the la 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 like we need to have that as a functional hope but that hasn't happened yet huh? <laughs> it really has not <laughs> and the one of the most beautiful things i think bailey is actually offering to the world is that she's also going into the different ways that the different nations have you know I was going to ask you about that. Mm -hmm. So what on a, pers a persona level and then on a soul level. So if you look, I, say I would have to check it out. But, uh, you know, if you look, for instance, to the United States, which is a sixth ray persona and a second ray soul. Ah, okay. It starts to make sense yeah. why the Americans are so emotional. Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> I live amongst them. <laughs> But it's beautiful, you know, there's so much like, ah, oh, you know, there, there's such a big, huge expression, you know, like this kind of like big, huge, it's so loud, it's such, you know, and 
It can be a little sentimental. It's my dog, but it's really my my child. <laughs> and then and then underneath there is this love wisdom drive, you know, like this 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 gift that is also to be given to the to the rest of the world, you know, that is it's it's overshadowed by the lower aspects, and we are still in these lower aspects of our personas, and it's overshadowing our souls. And in we say it, Earth as in general is a third ray, which is uh, business as usual. You know, business, business as usual. It's a little cold, you know, so it's the cynicism and it's like, I scratch your back and you scratch mine, you know, <laughs> so all this businessy thing. <laughs> Could I, I just say one thing quick? Isn't it interesting? Yeah. And this is not to say I support any particular side, obviously, but isn't it interesting that Biden kept talking about returning to the recovering the soul of America? what did he say he said he was sayings was i'm gonna bring bring back the soul of america oh yeah wow yeah just yeah. just archetypally and and energetically mm. isn't that interesting that he very 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 you know uh there is a <laughs> the united states chart is interesting and you know, like i've i've done um what is the gift of the United States? You know, there's like Franklin, it was Roosevelt who said, had the four freedoms, yes. for instance. It's a very Aquarian ideals, right? Okay. So in, its, in and of itself, the ideals, when they are pure, are extremely, ex I would love to have a world like that. Yes, I would. Well, and, they, Much. and the USA has the moon in Aquarius. Yes, and the South Node in Aquarius. Yes, the South Node too. And I talked yeah. about that with um, Tea with Louise number one because uh, we talked about uh, Sharadlow, the uh, centaur, who is actually sitting on the South Node of the USA right now. Sharadlow there. Yeah, that's was, true. And she was discovered in 1997 on the North Node of um, the USA. At oh. Interesting, isn't it? Anyway, yeah, <laughs> I knew we'd that's go very on. interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. the in Sagittarius, we are supposed to move off in every direction. <laughs> I, I kind of had this, you know, intuitive feeling that uh, you know the USA with the transits it's having has this opportunity to move to this higher level of what the USA was meant to be. That has was meant to be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think we are all getting this, what we were all meant to be. You know, there is a soul ruler in, in for the for Earth, and, and Venus is the higher aspect of our Earth. You know, this yes, unity through diversity, and uh, it's it is a difficult choice, but it's uh, it's it's seem seemingly a difficult choice to to turn to tolerance instead of intolerance to yeah. turn the other cheek, oh. to let go of your ego and, and uh, embrace love as an active principle. It's seemingly very, very difficult because the instinctual gravity is so strong. The hold on our nervous system, our convictions, our race, our personas, our histories, yes. you know, we carry all these grudges, you know, and it's, it's hard to sometimes just say, okay, I choose love. I but that's that's the way to go you know it's the path of earth itself if we want to get to this higher 
place. But again, the overshadowing energies, the lunar lords, as they are described in esoteric lore, mm. are hard because they're holding a grip on humanity and it's very persuasive. It's extremely, it's extremely, um, uh, it's like a seductive. Yeah. seductive energies it's like it's really seducing us into thinking this is the right way to do it this oh, is the right way to go if i just convince this person of my truth <laughs> then then the world will be a better place and for me that is like such a spasm of the sixth ray is like dude are you gonna think that before you save everybody into Christianity, that you will not be happy on this place, in this in this place, you know, does everybody have to be agreeing with you in order for you to be happy? It's so selfish, you know. Come on, man, we have to have that unity and diversity sooner or later. So, um, in a better, more evolved place, there wouldn't be any racial discrimination or or any. Any discrimination, racials, uh, sexual, you know, just yeah, gender, gender, gender uh, as well. Just let absolutely, people, just let people be, you know, <laughs> you know who they are. Anyway, could you mind if we talk about Venus a little bit more? Because that was sure. how I came to it, and mm-hmm. um, I think um, was it? Oh no, that was of Blavatsky in um, <laughs> in the Secret. Oh, Oh well, yeah. you know, that's Chinese for me. I, yes, I mean, well, one, but anyway, that's. A, but she said Venus is a very interesting planet. It's perhaps the most closely connected with the Earth in a number of ways, and it has been said that wherever Venus goes, there goes the Earth, and vice versa. So, seeing as oh. we're talking about, you know, and I agree, the Earth is kind of the higher energy. Venus is the higher energy of Earth, and it's kind of what we're hopefully. Uh, kind of trying to evolve towards. <laughs> so, which ray is Venus? Remind me. Ah, which ray is Venus again? Wait, wait, wait. This is something I, I would have to check up because I'm not that good might, with the rays on the planets. I think she might. Oh. I think she's. Let's just Google it. Which which <laughs> which galaxy is Venus in? That was the. <laughs> Oh, I thought, am I? Where are <laughs> Oh, she, of course, she's the. Well, it's there's like, um, isn't she the fourth ray? Oh, is she? yeah, perhaps so. But but she is rule. She's the hierarchical ruler of Capricorn, the esoteric ruler of Gemini. Because I've looked into this for my classes, and the oh. ex- and the exoteric or kind of earthly ruler of Taurus and Libra. On the yes. Planet. And, mm. and isn't it interesting that the last two Venus retrograde star points, uh, the last one yes. was in Capricorn and the one before that was in Gemini. And then it's so interesting. And kind of think that the Venus is really kind of calling us at the moment um, mm-hmm. into this big mm. initiation. Yeah. So I'd love your thoughts. On that. So, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, uh, the Gemini thing is interesting because you, when you look to Gemini in uh, traditional pop astrology as I've known to call it you know like the pop world of memes which is fun and entertaining and super cute 
but sometimes a little bit too um, uh, missing the target, you know, like failing to kind of understand the, the, the real spiritual depth in astrology, especially I think, you know, Gemini is getting hard rep, you know, it's like, please, have, have, you know, there's more to Gemini. Oh, <laughs> My Gemini moon agrees. <laughs> well, it is a, uh, there is a certain, um, this is definitely a unity uh, through diversity thing when you come to Venus as an esoteric soul ruler for Gemini. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, the mercurial aspect of it is going out, uh, looking for information, getting informed, yeah. learning having a learning experience about the world and survival through knowledge. You know, the more I know, the better I will survive, which can easily make a human being illoyal and all the things that maybe the memes are quite right with. You know, it, it's, uh, it can be nervous and it can be, um, it can be uh, quick and too much and uh, uh, disorganized or, uh, uh, non-local like it's losing its center in a way and it's losing itself very often in the vastness of everything yeah like it's in its environments mm -hmm. so this decentralization problem is real for gemini when it's looking for survival through um adaptation yeah right and then from a soul perspective when venus comes in something happens mm -hmm. that um you look to Russell Brand, for instance, he's a Gemini, right? And you look to uh, Angelina Jolie, she's a Gemini. Yeah. And Lauren Hill, which is Lauren Hill, like yeah. the prophet herself. Yeah. She's a, I'm like a huge fan. And it, her writing is powerful, you know, like, oh, sometimes words. But Venus through Gemini, when it comes to, you know, when it, the higher ruler of it, Bailey was a Gemini, Guru Mai Chibili Sananda is a Gemini. You know, it's really about bridging, uh, bridging unity uh, through diversity. It's really understanding that I create a bridge between people. I am here to heal yeah. through love and tolerance, mm. right? So you get really like a, a deeper, more profound expression coming through there, which is it's not uh, fidgety, it's not fickle, it's, it's grounded in itself, it's, 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 it knows its self-worth, it knows its value, it doesn't really look for external um, validation in that sense, but it is a gateway it has to go through, of course, you know. Why do you say the things you say? Why do you do the things you do? But it's open to the multiverse, it's open to, um, uh, it, it understands about uh, a large, uh, uh, a great number of languages. So <clears throat> that's really, I think it's important for us to understand. And, and the last Venus retrograde, when we went just before everything, you know, the quarantine and everything that Venus retrograde yes. sort of uh, exposed us to well, the Gemini North Node as well, you know, like. Yes. That was all that. Yeah. Yeah. And we had to purify this Sagittarius uh, South Node with our convictions. And I believe in this and I believe in that. And I'm right and you're wrong. You know, we didn't get to that relativity. 
yes. of Gemini, where we could sort of say, oh, we're actually talking about the same things, but we're wording it a little bit differently. You know, that would be a Gemini wisdom thing. Yeah. But I, you know, uh, there was a good lecture about that. Adam Gainsborough, he, he said also, you know, like, this is where you start having a, I think, like, I'm, I'm I'm loosely paraphrasing, but it was something like, this is where, you know, the soul is ready to have different experiences, you know, like a, like a, a multitude of, like going into different new areas of themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And, and seeing yourself from another perspective, it's healthy. In terms it, of, I'd say it definitely uh, affected me in that way. But then, mm-hmm. the, but then the Venus star point in Gemini on my moon (laughs) what degree was that again 14 12 12 12 yeah that's true yeah Yeah, and then the venus retrograde in capricorn the hierarchical ruler which is a planetary ruler thing you know like this is where we get into the mysticism of it all what does that mean you know like it doesn't come into effect until after the third initiation so (laughs) now we're into the that's way away from but um yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But still. Oh, we're kind of in it because we've just had the, the storm. Capricorn is interesting, esoterically speaking, because it's another one of these misunderstood signs where oh. we haven't quite. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, oh so that, it's the law, it's the rules. It's. It, I'm thinking, but it's a feminine sign. <laughs> yeah, it is a feminine sign. Yeah. <laughs> but the. Saturn on the uh, persona level and then Saturn on the soul level and then Venus on the hierarchical level. So um, it's, it's Saturn is going through an alchemical alchemy, the alchemy of Saturn going from sternness, judgmentalism, uh, it could be really harsh and cold and, 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 and punitive. Yes. Right. Yes. So, and then moving into this, bodhisattvic expression almost and you know we put the we put the birth of christ there you know um uh, and in capricorn the seed form uh, the seed thought the meditation for the full moon in capricorn is i see the light supernal and then i move back to humanity to sort of share it I, i i go to the mountaintop but then i go back again yeah to share it and there's a journey of uh, becoming humble that is very important in, in Capricorn. I'm still learning it. <laughs> it's hard. Me too. I have Saturn in Capricorn in my first house. So. Oh, you do. <laughs> I have it. The things I don't have in, in Aquarius, I have them in Capricorn. <laughs> on your knees, Sul. Come on. Oh, but my first ray, you know. <laughs> I'm right. I would say give myself credit. I am learning it. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. It's either through external humiliation or internal humiliation. You know, you will be humbled in one way or another. And Saturn is not someone to joke around with. I've seen that plenty of times, and I'm I'm constantly trying to be on the good side of my own Saturn. To be sure, I'm like this adulting is really hard. You know. <laughs> I, I always work very visually. I, I kind of picture these energies. I always kind of think of, uh, of this energy as the higher energy of it. That is as as kind of the the wise elder who gently just 
um, holds the the person on the shoulder to say no no that's that, don't do that that's not that's not wise that's not you know just mm -hmm. take your time slow down and, and yeah Jesus was the character that got to was cast for Capricorn, which is so odd because it's not naturally what we think of Capricorn when we look at the memes. Yeah, we look at something else. It's the yeah. journey of you know Capricorn is here to discipline the lower bodies. It's a yogic thing. Yeah, it's a yogi thing. You know, like it's it's the yogas for me, the it's sutras. Really, and, it's really hmm? teach self discipline. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Not to discipline others it's yes you're responsible for your own uh, uh reactions yeah mm -hmm. i mean that's that's where it shifts from from uh sagittarius who wants to change the world or reform the world according to their conviction yeah. and then you can get to capricorn and it's like well maybe i should form i should change my own reactive pattern before you know huh so so it's it's maturing it's taking responsibility and understanding what is my responsibility you know uh, and and then through these initiatory processes you know it said that jesus was uh initiated of a very high degree uh you know was taking the initiation that is way beyond my comprehension but you know complete transfiguration in a way you know where the ego is completely surrendered and um uh, uh, the way to my to to the father is through me you know it's uh, he's just becoming pure love this is venus right he's becoming pure love love venus is harmony yeah. it's um maybe it's a fifth ray planet we have to figure I, that one out i think it's the fifth ray i really i think it's the fifth ray because it's it's yeah. harmony it's that five stars and yeah and the beauty of that harmony, like you see in Leonardo da Vinci, this this uh, yeah. the man, it's the this, star, yeah, so yeah, the golden ratio, you know, the golden ratio. You have it, oh yeah, wonderful. <laughs> yeah. <Always> <laughs> I, I'm born with Venus retrograde, so I should have one too. But and then and in and in Capricorn. Oh, mm. okay. <laughs> It wasn't fun to have Venus retrograde in Capricorn until I discovered that the hierarchical rule of Capricorn was Venus. Then it was like, oh, cool. <laughs> but it is just getting that fat ass ego out of the way and start loving again. And love is its own law. It's it's when you study the 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 lovers, the love, the love, the 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 the, the philosophy of love, which yeah. has been something. I've had my experiences with these things, you know, these, what, what power does love have? And in esoteric healing, there is this um, 10 rules and six laws of healing. Oh, okay. And one of the rules says, <laughs> hmm? I haven't discovered those yet. You know, I'll be looking them up after we meet. That is so interesting. On. Yes, What's yes, it's, a, it's, it's like the best, if you are interested in thinking about stuff that is interesting, that's interesting. <laughs> Anyhow, one of the law, uh, laws or the rules is rule number six, I think. And it says you can't heal through will. The only healer is love. 
And that's something that I've been thinking about for so, so long, because we all want to fix the world. We want to fix people. We want to fix the world. We are very fixing mode all the time. And of course, there is there's something inside of us that says, you know, if we neglect it, it will go into entropy, we will, it will be destroyed. So we have to fix it, right? But in healing, there is a very, very interesting shift that goes on and moves away from your personal desires of what you want to have fixed. And you are becoming extremely confronted with your own personal desire in anything, you know, and because of my pride as some sort of therapist or whatever, you know, I need this person to become healed, you know, <laughs> or my my reading to be successful or my ourselves too. We don't love ourselves. We just try and fix ourselves all the time as if we're as if there's something wrong with us always. Yes, and I, I think the path of unconditional love is extremely uh, challenging because it requires that the ego moves out of the way and that you have trust in that energy, that it is that powerful and vast that's, as we are told that it is. Yeah. And I just thought about that today, actually, this, this thing. I, I met this really powerful healer in 2017. He, he showed me a lot that uh, I've been chewing on ever since, of course, <clears throat> still chewing on it. Yes. But the most powerful thing he said once, it was just randomly, he just said, I love myself unconditionally, he said. Yeah. As a matter of fact, you know, it was like, I, there was of course a context to why he said that, but I love myself unconditionally. What does that mean? You know, what is that? You know, I, like I started thinking about, it. do I judge myself? Why, if I don't judge myself, will my, will the things that I need to improve that are lower desires that are destroying my life, for instance, will they just continue to be there? You know, like will I just be oh, I enabling my enabling my own bad behavior? Is that what I'm gonna do if I if I love myself unconditionally? Sounds like it your, is, yours and my head are in alignment. I'm always. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine actually that we are. Yeah. I feel a connection to you, so I totally understand. We, yeah. uh, and then I remembered something that uh, I read back in the days when when uh, when I started uh, searching for you know uh, meditation teachers, and I got involved slightly with a, a, an organization called Siddha Yoga. I was early twenties. Bhagavan Nityananda once said, people are weird. They think if they just let go, that they will just collapse into a blob and just lie in a corner for the rest of their lives. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's a little bit of the fear that I sometimes have if I don't intervene, if I don't interfere or fix something, if it's myself or others, will I be neglectful? You know, this, this whole Piscean neglectfulness, this fear of just being completely naive and not unaware. And that's kind of like a, a paradox when it comes to love. Oh, yeah. because love is not necessarily enabling it's very fierce it's very but it is when you love yourself unconditionally that you can take a little bit of self-criticism yes exactly yeah and you're not just uh, yeah oh it's such a deep topic it is it is i could uh, this is my favorite topic actually yeah <laughs> I, I, I do i but we're probably blowing a few people's minds here. But anyway, <laughs> oh, I hope so. I hope 
So I, I often talk about it, in, particularly in my Venus class, because I go quite deep and I do shamanic journey work in the, in the Venus. That's beautiful. Yeah. And I often talk about, you know, it's, it starts with loving yourself first. You can't love anybody else fully until you love yourself first. So, um, and, and it's a path always of <laughs> moving, it is a path. Towards, moving towards love because, you know, mm. walk towards it, away from it. And, and, and yeah, I get your point completely about Jesus as a Capricorn because, you know, and, and you did that phrase, you know, about the only way to the Father is through me. How, how misunderstood has that been for me? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, it, it is uh, highly, you know, um, that type of yogi masters, uh, the um, Vedas, the Tantras, and then eventually the non-dualism yeah. so it's uh, it, it masters the concept of purity to keep your body mind soul pure without going into puritanism and then it masters uh, tantra which is also being capable of seeing uh, 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 diseased energies without going into battle but becoming a transformative agent, uh, an alchemist. And then the non-dualism, which is the highest form of responsibility that you can take on earth, is that this is all, you know, what do you know? Okay, what is my part in this? And how did I create this? And that's just like a mind-blowing thing. It's, it's, it's very uh, difficult to go, you know, you can't skip any of these steps. And that's why Capricorn is such a slow journey often because it's making, ensuring you that you're not jumping any, cutting any corners. <laughs> you can't walk on water until you can walk on water, you know. <laughs> yeah. But one thing I wanted to mention about unconditional love that I've been thinking about a lot lately, and it's been extremely interesting. It's like, it's how, I, how, how we all, uh, including myself, tend to judge uh, the weather. <laughs> I live in a very weathery city and it's easy to, to, to it's like, L is raining again, you know? <laughs> and we are very conditional with our lives oh no, this happened, and now this happened, and now this happened. So when I move into a more unconditional state, also with my life, it's not as hysterical or dramatic. It's like, okay, so that happened. Oh, well, that happened. <laughs> it's not that I don't feel it, but... Yeah, I agree. It is what it is. Yeah, and, you know, I, I always say I've had a very lucky life, but then I look back, I've had things that were, you know, people would class as some kind of big drama but maybe it's be my a very optimistic Sagittarius self I'm able mm. to kind of look at it as go and go well yeah that happened and I'm here and you know it's kind of like and it probably yeah, you found meaning in it yes some things changed me for for the good really you mm. know my dad died oh. my dad died quite young he died at age 61 so I, I'm oh. I, I was very happy to make it to age 62 believe me because it's kind of weird getting to the age that your parent died at but that was back mm. in 97 and 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 yes of course it was awful and upsetting but I actually learned uh, kind of a lot and gained a lot from the lesson of seeing him go through brain cancer and die you know? oh that's pretty intense huh? it was the one that um the, that glioblastoma that's um, mm. but you know I did gain a lot from it and uh, you know and 
and it was an experience and yeah sure I miss my dad and all those things but I think we can kind of reach that point of going it's not uh, it's not spiritual bypass it's not override it's accepting the grief as well but but also realizing that you can grow from these experiences I think mm. yeah absolutely and I've been through so much that's what I say I like my life has been uh that's a classical Capricorn thing you know go through pressure become a diamond I lived I, I lived through a war in the 70s you know I was in northern Ireland. where was that in northern, northern Ireland yeah oh yeah I was wow like, Right in the middle of it in Londonderry. Dear Lord, wow. Yeah. And and you know, it, it it in some respects it was awful, but I wouldn't say it was like the end of the world traumatizing either. Mm. You know? No, but the thing is with this particular thing that we've been through lately, because we can compare it to other previous uh, pains and stuff, and I, I've been thinking a little bit why. Oh, oh. down went a second. Could you repeat that? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, like, why has this last couple of years on Earth been so uh, intense? Like, we have been so super involved, everyone. Yeah. Like, it's like, there is like, none of us gets out of it now. This belongs to everyone. And there's been a little bit of shaming going on around the Ukraine situation where I've heard people, yeah, where were you when Syrians were suffering? And, oh, come on, I was posting shit on Facebook that too. Jesus Christ, it's so unfair. And I've posted about Yemen and I post about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're supposed to be so... Uh, we have to be so completely uh, 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 it's about justice you know like we we have to be fair all the time and it's like yeah okay yes but you know like wow I'm just one human being so it's a little bit of like an atlas thing I've been thinking a lot about the god atlas lately the guy who carries the world on his shoulder yeah (laughs) and and I'm thinking what is it with this particular period because I uh, we all know that COVID started with the Saturn-Pluto conjunction. That's uh, what astrologers know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, back in January That's, 2020. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was the beginning of the uh, the globalization of COVID. You know, it happened before, of course, the seeding yeah. of it. But then it really, it hit like, a, yeah. and we were one because this thing didn't know any boundaries. And what came up? from the psychology of humanity in the underbelly of earth from Hades itself came the truth and it was not really beautiful it was a lot of ugliness coming through and I think COVID has done that it's brought everything to the surface it's and 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 it's and I think think this invasion of Ukraine is too because it's 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 part of that it's bringing up all these kind of ancestral kind of soul soul <laughs> all the grudges all of them yeah all the grudges all the fear all the listen you did this to us like 50 years ago now we're gonna do that to you back again it's like this it's like yes okay so it's bringing up the wounds to the surface yeah. and this is what we can meditate on as we're moving into a sun chiron new moon not not so long you yeah. know in a week's time or so yeah. so it's like COVID is, has pulled everything to the surface and I've 
equated it with uh, a, a collective first initiation where we are understanding we do not act we are not separate human beings my energies affect yours oh, and I it's about all the time on my facebook posts i'm always going everything we do affects somebody else yes and... your thoughts your your opinions you, everything your energy you are here to create you are here to co-create and the first initiation is one of is to understand that nothing is like there are consequences for your inner uh, world on your health yes exactly it, it's it's uh, and we've had a, a huge outsourcing of health for a long time we've outsourced it to this thing and that thing and now you have to fix me and you have to fix me yeah. so i think we're dealing with a lot of codependency in a way and i also think we're dealing with a lot of ignorance when it comes to our uh, co-creative capacity and also to our a lot of blaming and shaming because it's somebody else's fault that we're here not ne never mind you know <laughs> yeah 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 and and generally a lot of health issues like we've had a lot of uh neglected health issues for quite a while yeah and uh we're trying to figure it out and you can see now that the health systems on earth like the the health industry is not capable of taking everything so and we have to take more and the health of our food too the food yeah ukraine and, and um and russia is Ukraine, of course, is the breadbasket of the world. So. Uh, exactly. So, so now we're moving into uh, famine and I'm like, yay. But, you know, like uh, the only thing I say is that, well, we eat too much anyway. So most yeah, of us exactly. do. We can all eat less. Yeah. And uh, so it's just going to put everything with health to a much larger, like, and, and psychological health. I mean, it's just bringing everything up to the surface. And one of the things, one of the initiatives that I've been part of, part of when it comes to esoteric um, groups is a, uh, it's called the 2025 initiative. And um, yeah, it's, it's uh, <laughs> uh, you know, you have to take a step into the world of esoteric to kind of like um, understand it, but it has to do with the hierarchy and whether or not they want to return to help humanity on this next step. Because there's like the, the the concept is that we need to to be on our own two feet soon. We have to be able to make good choices, healthy choices for ourselves soon. We have to get to this point where we're conscious enough to do that, yeah. and we are getting there. Yeah, yeah. And it's not just people who are into the field that we are into, for instance, who are fairly conscious about. But yeah. it's it's more it's more global now. And, and it's also, of course, you know, if you've seen Maslow's uh, pyramid, you also know that a lot of people do not have the privilege or the luxury of being able to think of all these existential philosophical issues in life. Surviving. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, but we still have to make good choices in that process. We have to make yeah. wholesome and responsible choices in that process and not be so reactive and impulsive. Yes. yes. That's where we, that's where we, fuck up every time <laughs> <laughs> it is and, and you talk about why are we in this now you know i think i find it interesting that you know this um this invasion has come on the back of the venus retrograde in capricorn as well mm. and so we started kind of with the saturn pluto conjunction in capricorn then yeah. and then venus came in and then mars came in and and it's kind of just like this repeated lesson because we are not getting it. So it's like, mm. 
<laughs> when, yeah, you, know, you yeah, I mean, stuff to learn. We have to become more transparent with our motivations and, you know, like what, what's the motivation behind, you know, this or that? Why did you really do it? Why did you really, I mean, everything, uh, we have to be able to listen to all sides of the story and we have to be willing to do that. Yeah. Even to the, you know, we all, even the bastard has an explanation and even if we are not agreeing with it, we at least, you know, if we hold space for it, it might be, feeling you know it might it might ameliorate something well i've spent the last uh, last two weeks reading have you heard of alexander dugan 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 yeah i heard the name yeah he's yeah. He's, called, he's called putin's brain he's he's kind of, uh, ah, yeah. one of those yeah 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 and he's on facebook you can look him up alexander dugan he posts on facebook oh, really? oh yeah his his, huh. his thoughts are not um kept secret shall we say <laughs> but i've been i've been reading loads of his posts and things to try and understand oh good you know like I, have oh, a... I don't agree but yeah. <laughs> yeah i have a friend in moscow you know that i've been talking a little bit about and it's again this saturn uranus thing you know we had three squares last year and there is this um, there are numerous energies that haven't been dealt with like fascist energies and stuff like that that i saw back in 212 when when um, saturn was in scorpio and i saw there was a tendency to for europe to go a little brown i was like oh fascism's back you know and we've always had that you know this um and then you have separatism versus globalism which is another thing that's going on and nationalism versus cooperation in a way and why should we cooperate when the united states is ruling the cooperation you know like it's it's this kind of like power game going on and you have the petrodollar and the yuan and now you have the ruble dollar and it's really like it's like a chess game and for power but i see that you know the saturn uranus thing is progress is happening you have the gender fluidity gender neutrality thing going on and then in russia there are some very uh, uh there's resistance to this kind of oh. modern thinking oh. so there's like there are always these and it, Alexander Dugan. yeah He's, yeah and yes and it's just like calls us babylon Yes, exactly. It's like, oh dear Lord, you heathens, yeah. you know. Uh, so it's 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 these uh, retro energies trying to hold back uh, a progress that is Uranian, yeah. and then there, the resistance will always be much more contrasted. Like we are against this evolution, yeah. and there is so it's like a resistance to to what is going on on earth and you see this with anti-globalists for instance it's like we want our national values to be upheld we do not trust a world government blah 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 and on the other hand we have ecological problems that forces us to unite yeah mm -hmm. but who gets to be in charge that's the big problem yeah this is a big problem so that's Earth. So on then we can solve here. <laughs> I wish I was an alien occasionally and just go, let's just check in on Earth to see if we can kind of like scare them into unity. <laughs> I've often thought. And I, 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 I see that, you know, we're moving into this age of Aquarius or we've moved in or whenever, whatever it starts. Who knows? You, you started that conversation in a group we're in. But I, I, I talk about the age of Aquarius 
because it's that dual sign Saturn and Uranus and we've had that square as bringing in the wisdom of the past the best of it in a in a mm. way that would be the best way of moving into the age of aquarius so like going back to sustainable farming and indigenous fire methods and things like that but bringing it in and combining it with the best of modern kind of thinking so my ex-boyfriend had uh, yeah my ex-boyfriend had an excellent you know he was a, he is a very smart man and he had a very good explanation on how he thought the world could be run in the future i would love to talk more with him about that but he said that on one level there has to be a certain kind of world communism like on a on a very global level because we have to distribute these necessities like uh, uh, electricity we have to have somebody organizing the 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 natural resources on earth because they yeah. really don't belong to anyone and especially not corporations but then in order not to to completely kill personal creativity and initiative you have to have a certain kind of uh decentralized local communities that are self-organizing yes and then when you then you get that uh think globally act locally kind of thinking that i think will be part of the uh the Aquarian age, which is if you strain with communism or yeah, uh, personal initiative and you don't validate that or you don't appreciate it, or there's no sort there's no reward for doing a little bit extra, yeah. people won't feel motivated to excel. And we need people to excel. Oh, we need their genius. Yeah, which is right? why, which is not why neither one has or none of the systems so far have really worked. No, they, it has to be a synthesis. And, and you know, and like... Ideally run by um, councils or circles, like the Dei Consentes of the gods of Rome. So you have a circle running the local community, then a circle... Yeah, yeah exactly. Running a few local communities, then... <laughs> you know. But in a world where everybody's, uh, uh, you know, where we pro project corruption on everything, we're not going to trust anyone. No, yeah. at least not a global you know like united nations or something that could be a, a sort of uh, organ who could actually organize such a thing so we, we don't trust them so we're gonna try to uh, you know destroy it, kill them destroy. destroy because we don't want it we don't trust anyone and of course that's because um economy uh, capitalism has become such a um, potent power on earth today so follow the money is still a thing we need to be aware of you know and and yes we still have a lot of selfishness so we're far away from doing it from organizing ourselves into pure creativity that's for oh, sure absolutely i still have hope that this all might shake out in that way Ever the i have kids so i'm forced to have hope <laughs> <laughs> now there is a dark side of aquarius for sure and it's oh. the um yeah i could get me out of here you know like um i i i my heart bleeds for the suffering of earth today really you know and i think we're all feeling this zeitgeist this weltschmerz this pain that is now circulating but i think it is up to us to not um strengthen it through um, this is where you have an esoteric principle called uh, starving out oh, oh. don't feed the wolves yes. if you don't want the wolves on your door don't put food out to them so 
it's about consciously choosing where you put your energy. And that's in order to ensure that at least that little part of God, which is flowing through me is going to flow uninhibited, uh, uninhibited. Like um, um, we have to choose the master wisely. That's why I kind of consciously chose during the four years of the prior president in the US. I didn't listen to him. I, mean, I didn't follow mm, him. Yeah. I was just like, you know, I'm not going to feed his attention. I got so annoyed with the media for covering yeah. him all the time in these, you know, it's feeding the wolf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, to step up, Jesus also said, be in this world, but not of this world. You know, and that's also something that I've, I've spent a lot of time thinking of because it's about being. Um, I'm always aware. Of what's going on yeah yeah just like reaction versus uh, response in a way uh, it's not really easy you know like we have fear fear is very seductive i think fear is like uh, it's the devil itself you know in a way and um it's very convincing this is the right thing to do um but in moments where i find myself in contact with uh higher energies i see a larger perspective and then i understand that this is part of our evolution right now whether it feels completely surreal or not but, it but nobody said that healing was easy it's just that it's it's very energy demanding i think a lot of us we're going to be busy with doing that for a decade or so into right. the future yeah. for sure so this is the next you know my friend said before covid he said this is it's, it's post and pre Yes, it is. And, uh, you know, I hope to live long enough to kind of at least see some healing come. <laughs> well, you see healing in your everyday, you know, this is where I'm put, you know, you give service, you know, like I see, I can see miracles happen through the people I love. And I, 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 collectively, yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if we all did our little job, you know, like being gardeners, yeah. I'm a gardener, you know, I try to make people blossom. Yeah. It's what I try to do in my work. And so we're all, do, if we all did a little bit of it, you know. <laughs> well, I, I try to you know, work with my clients, leaving them feel uh, inspired and better than they felt about themselves mm. before they came into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm, it's hard to, to, to fend off all this pollution. It's like we have to give them tools to transform them. Exactly, yeah. And that's why I'm so hard with the shamers. It's yeah. like, please, come on. It's so healthy to be strong. Why do you try to shame me into weakness again? Yeah, I know. She shamed me once. And she was right. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I, I just thought about it afterwards and I thought, yeah, it was a little bit mean. That me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you can, but it's okay. You know, like sometimes I'm, I'm, I can be, uh, um, I have, you know, we all have our thing, oh, you we, know? We do, yeah. And yeah, I, we do. I have my race. And, and we'll I try to tell. We'll slip. You know, we'll like. We're yeah, in, yeah. It's a process of kind of raising your consciousness. It's not like you, like you said, not you. You don't leap from here and you're suddenly there and walking on. Water. No. No, 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 no. Like, and I no, normally when I when I, I I miss the target, I say, "Well, you try having seven planets in air because I have seven planets in air." <laughs> It's hard. <laughs> What's your excuse? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> That's mine. <laughs> mine.
mind is the fire. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's hard to regulate energy and we just have to become tolerant, you know, before we can love ourselves, maybe we can try tolerating ourselves because that seems to be hard enough. You know, like, Dear Lord, I can be such an a-hole, you know, <laughs> I can. Look at her, here she comes, Ray number one, you know, not listening at all to other people, but just thinking she's right all the time, you know. <laughs> so if so talking back to these exoteric, esoteric, hierarchical and the initiation, is it, mm -hmm. which, which way does it go? Do we go exoteric to esoteric yes. to hierarchical, yes. right? Yeah. You start with the meditation is to become conscious of your soul, that you have a soul, you are a soul, you are the soul. And then surviving. Yeah the 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 fusion with your soul which is a total crisis it can lead to so many things coming up from the solar plexus and the uh, you know it's just pulling everything up to the surface it's like imagine the soul being a, a an energy above your head like a magnetized radiating energy and it's just it's it's like a full moon it just fires up everything so when you get in touch with your soul in meditation or through human evolution everything that isn't processed will come up you know and it's really critical so that's when you have a lot of spiritual crises and people seem to lose their minds or you have you can have almost like semi-psychotic incidences and you're like now i'm really going crazy you know <laughs> it feels like <laughs> it feels like it's getting worse you know and and um hopefully that's a lot of people now will gain soul consciousness and the soul is love it's um the soul is just pure love and um that's powerful enough you know so i think a lot of people are going through a little bit of a crisis these days and and with the right kind of tools you can sort of step back a little bit and understand it from a, a deeper perspective but for me that was extremely helpful to know mm. that okay as i'm moving into a closer proximity with my own soul nature there will be crisis from the persona and there will be resistance and i will have the inner rebel going crazy and like no i'm not going i'm not gonna do that you know because you have to obey the soul yeah. and you have to start trusting it and surrender it to it sounds like my very own journey without ah. and yeah, i wasn't doing esoteric astrology so yeah <laughs> thank god it wasn't just me i thought i was going yeah. crazy <laughs> many times. Yeah. i've been going through one lately and um, oh yeah it's kind of good crazy but it's still mm. like what's happening to me kind of thing mm. and in the light of the soul you see everything you see everything you've yeah. done you see like the consciousness without love is very difficult and very hard so if you're conscious but you don't have love yeah. oh you're in danger man you know you have to have love because you're going to make mistakes. You're going to see everything. I mean, you're looking into your own shadow mm -hmm. and it's not always pretty. You know, like I had to tolerate myself. Mm -hmm. I'm not perfect. I, I don't think I'll ever be. And I'm okay with it now. Unconditionally loving. That's what mm -hmm. so, and here she comes, the, the weirdo. <laughs> I read the, hier the hierarchical um, Rain, uh, realm if you like is is kind of the monad that's really realizing we're all one yeah yeah 
Yeah, then we are more on a that this is that's where you stop being a, a person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're never gonna do that, but that's kind of you kind of maybe have glimpses of feeling that one. You are already there. Yeah. You are already there all the time. It doesn't really matter whether we realize it or not. Yeah. But we are already there. And the realization is the the yeah. journey. You know, it's like, oh, Oh dear Lord, but we can't stay there because we have stuff to do here. Exactly. <laughs> We're in this human suit. We're in this yes. And things. So yes. Yeah. But you know, I, I I feel like I've been on this kind of esoteric journey myself over the last mm. years in a very big way without knowing the esoteric astrology. You know, and I've definitely mm. had glimpses of feeling that oneness um, mm. in big ways. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of sometimes. So. And it's got, it's very strange, but eventually you will feel uh, you are tuned into an engine of pure energy, and it will never leave you. This yeah. is the source of life you merge with. And people ask me, where do I get my energy from? I'm just like, uh, do you have three hours? Yeah. <laughs> I would have to use at least three hours to explain to you, and then people think I'm insane. <laughs> because <laughs> they haven't had an experience with that type of energy and i'm like what so much energy i had a meditation yesterday it was, it was the day before yesterday i was touching something and it was like okay you know like that yeah so it's real it's yeah. real it is real yeah mm -hmm. really it, it, a lot of it started for me way back at the late 80s when i started astrology actually as well because mm. I, I had some very mystical experiences um in real sweat lodges in in, in native american mm. sweat lodges i was lucky enough to be invited to actual kind of you know native run sweat lodges and I didn't know what I was stumbling into, but I just went along and went with it and I had some amazing experiences and and it kind of my uh, spiritual, personal, whatever, growth initiation mm. really kind of started about then. So, yeah. I believe you can get uh, initiated everywhere. You know, it's yeah. uh, for me, the church is, it's limitless. Yeah. Uh, of course, it well, helps. I, do, I do now, but that kind of... You, that activated it, I would say. Yeah. The masters, <laughs> they are walking quite often, quite invisibly around us. You know, it can be a, I call know, it a cat. A what? I call it, the, call mistress, it? The, the mistress. The, the mistress. The mistress. Oh, the mistresses. <laughs> got it. Venus. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah, no, I. this is, yeah. that inner world is fascinating. And... I am. Um, I wish I could show people. Yeah. It's like sometimes it breaks my heart that I can't show people. Yeah. It's like, oh, I wish I could just show you. Like my mother, for instance, she's like, I wish I could meditate. And she's stuck in her own loop. And I sometimes think so. Oh, mother, if you just leaned into me, you would see. But you have to be willing to let go and come close say, again. I will say I, I am not a sit and close sitting down meditator i meditate when i'm walking or I'm, i do shamanic journey work i'm i my busy brain needs a more active form of meditation than uh, yeah <laughs> it needs movement to to meditate yeah 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 
you know, sometimes all you need is a teacher who can hold you still. Yeah. You know, sometimes you have to tell the dog, Shh, sit. Oh, no. humanic journey work is, is just as good. Yeah. Well, I have my yoga. My yoga is my my life guardian, and then uh, my my sitting meditations is uh, is concentration. That's what it is, you know. So you just concentrate and concentrate and concentrate. It's yoga too, you know. Like it's, but it's um, <clears throat> it's a moving energy, right? So it's for me energy. The world of energy has always been extremely fascinating, and I've just tried to see how I can move energy, command energy, move energy. It's like this is my nerd thing. <laughs> is when I shouldn't talk to people because it's like okay that's weird you know <laughs> but uh, that's meditation I, I love nerds um <laughs> <laughs> yay <laughs> probably a, really I'm probably a nerd myself so just probably last thing last thing to bring it a bit down to it do you use the esoteric astrology at all in your readings even if you don't speak to it do you kind of look in the chart and and kind of see that kind of yeah. energy and stuff Yes, occasionally it just comes through in quite, um, you know, without me thinking of it. Yeah. But it's always in the back of my mind, and I have this uh, evolutionary astrology. It's, it's, it works, you know? Well, so, I'm, I'm an evolutionary astrologer at my heart. I, you know, in, my teacher was one of Stephen Forrest's um, first. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Ah. Uh -huh. So for me, that's sort of like, uh, uh, it works, but so, so I, not consciously, I don't offer it as a service, you know, like. No, uh, no I didn't it's, think so. Um, no, I don't. And it's almost too big to talk about, but I just wondered if it kind of leapt out at you when you look at somebody's job. Kind of. Well, I teach at a school here in Bergen uh, at Arhat. It's called Arhat. Um, and she is also including in the fourth year esoteric astrology and she's oh. very she loves she's a sixth grade <laughs> and she loves it so she's bringing it in everywhere but I try to keep you know especially for for uh, students try to keep it as easy and simple as possible so I don't mess it up with asteroids and and midpoints and let's <laughs> go into advanced techniques so I consider esoteric astrology an advanced technique and a meditation area more than anything yeah yeah and, and with the asteroids and things i i do look at them and you use them but i only speak to them or bring them into a reading if they kind of scream at me in the chart mm -hmm. yeah 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 same, I, don't, same. I don't try and cover every little asteroid except like, serious like, because she's not an asteroid she's a dwarf planet oh, she's a planet yes. she's a dwarf planet she's a planet so like that's my only thing you know like i'm oh, trying I to I actually see Ceres as kind of a, a missing personal planet because she's just mm, exactly the asteroid belt and mm. she's kind of part of the divine feminine that was kind of missing. Mm. Oh dear lord, yes. She's been very active for this COVID oh, thing though. Yes, goodness. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's been young, yeah. young my ascendant, so <laughs> ah. ah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. Yes. Mm. Oh well, this has been wonderful, and I could talk to you all day. But you know. yeah, we we should hang out. And I'm coming to the United States in August. Oh, I'm coming okay. to ISAR. We're gonna meet each other. We're gonna meet. Florida. Yes, Louise. Yeah, yeah hurrah! It's okay. going to be so nice to hang out. It is. It's gonna be fun. Mm -hmm. 
So yeah. thank you for coming on. And um, oh, thank you for having me again at some point. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Have That's a lovely. Day. Same, same. Oh, before I go, oh. how, can I, how can everybody find you? Polaris oh. Astrology. Yes. Oh, dear, dear, dear. telepathically. <laughs> <laughs> I only accept people telepathically. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> now, they can find me at Polaris Astrology on IG, uh, Instagram, and also the same on YouTube, and Polaris Astrology on Facebook. And then my... Is... And your website. But it's not Polaris Astrology. It is solvit.com. Yeah. So... No, I'll put uh, the links in the show notes. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thank you. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Bye-bye.